on today's show, we are going to discuss how the Florida Panthers have set themselves up for the future that they are just scratching the surface as part of being a destination franchise. Spencer Knight has made a public appearance. We are going to discuss our thoughts about that, and we're going to preview Game 5 of the Stanley Cup Final. Your Locked On Panthers, your daily podcast on the Florida Panthers. Part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. And welcome into this Tuesday, June 13th edition of the Locked On Florida Panthers podcast, part of the Locked On Podcast Network, where it's your team every day. Thank you for making the Locked On Florida Panthers podcast your first listen of the day. I'm Armando Velez, and you can follow me on Twitter at Monoman12. Follow the show account on Twitter at LO underscore FLA Panthers and on Instagram as well at LO underscore FLA Panthers. And shout out to the everydayers who come back here to the Locked On Florida Panthers podcast to get your daily Florida Panthers podcast. So, Cats fans, it's a game day uh, on on this Tuesday, which we know what the situation is with the Florida Panthers with their backs up against the wall uh, with a chance to bring this back home to Sunrise. But it's given me a little bit, uh, even regardless of whether the Florida Panthers win or lose on Tuesday, to just really think about and, and have a lot of gratitude about how they've made it this far and how they've set themselves up for the future. And it, it, this will be a great time to bring in my guest on the show for today's edition of the Lockdown Florida Panthers podcast. A, a real big resume here for for my guest here. He is he is um, from Miami Mike'd Up, the Dan Lepitard Show with Stu Gotts, producer of the Too Many Men podcast, and UCF alum Jeremy yeah. Tache. <laughs> Jeremy, welcome to Lockdown Panthers. Thank you so much for having me, Armando. Uh, not the best time to associate with a name like the Knights uh, as a UCF guy, as we're all here for the Panthers, but uh, very grateful to be here. Excited to talk with you about everything that we have in store. It's funny because you have an FIU alum here, the Panthers, and a UCF. <laughs> so Panthers yeah, and Knights funny. and all that. Yeah, Panthers and Knights on one work. podcast. That all works yeah, out so, great. So it's crazy how that works. And hey, uh, we were even speaking off camera on 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 Saturday night about the great food items uh, over at near the UCF. And we spoke all about uh, Lazy Moon, a great pizza place. If you Best pizza place to... in the country. I love yes. it there. And I love Lazy Moon. Have you ever been to Teak Neighborhood Grill as well in, in Orlando? Ooh, no, I haven't. Now next I'll go back the next time I'm there. Next time you go, you have to go. There's one near Universal, one in Maitland. So you got to definitely check that deck, check that out. So I'll, uh, I'll be I'll be I'll be texting you asking you about it the next time I go up to Orlando. <laughs> no doubt. But uh, you, you are very, very in tune with the South Florida sports scene, of course, with the Miami Mic'd Up podcast. But before we actually get to that, I got to ask you a question. What's something recently outside of sports that has brought you joy? <laughs> oh, I love this question. Thank you for asking. Uh, so for for those here uh, who don't know, uh, that is the question that, that I start each and every Miami mic'd up with. Uh, we've done over 100 episodes now, and honestly, the answers are, are almost always my favorite part of the interview. Um, I would say for me, um, I just recently put an offer in on a house to buy a house with my fiance. And it's, it's simultaneously something that's brought me a bunch of joy, 
and also something that's brought me a lot of dread uh, because it is so scary to, you know, we were just, I was talking about it with Billy Gill here where it's like you, you, you walk in, you spend your entire life being told, hey, be careful with your money. Don't overexert yourself on anything. Don't overspend. Don't make rash decisions with your money. And then the way that we purchase homes as a society is walk into this house for five minutes, decide if you'd like to live in it, and then commit hundreds of thousands of dollars over the next 30 years of your life to buying it. So yeah. it's a very stressful experience, but also it's brought me a lot of joy just because to be at this point with, with, with my fiance and to be able to look at like our future and hopefully being down here in South Florida for a very long time, if not forever, uh, it's something that's brought me joy. So thank you for asking. But and, and, and obviously I wanted to, to get that part of it with you asking um, players all the time and, and all your various guests on Miami mic'd up that question. So uh, a little bit of flavor here on the Lockdown Florida Panthers podcast, but you're very in touch with the South Florida sports scene, especially with your work with uh, the Miami Marlins recently with swings and missions. And of course, uh, doing your post game interviews uh, for Miami Heat games on Bally Sports Sun. But uh, you, of course, with the Panthers making this run towards the Stanley Cup final. And of course, South Florida is a very event driven region with it, with, uh, with everything that goes on here, the tourist, the, the tour stuff that goes on. But how has your impression been on this Florida Panthers run as they're here in the Stanley Cup final? You know, it's been amazing. And, and I, right now I live in Fort Lauderdale and Fort Lauderdale in a lot of ways is like, it's Panther country. Like there's, mm -hmm. there's signs all up through uh, it's, it's Panthers territory, as as we would say. Uh, but there's all sorts of signs throughout. You know, you drive down Broward Boulevard and you can see Panthers, Stanley Cup. And, like, it's really cool. And you, and you can feel the energy, like, in a way where, you know, if you're out at, at a sports bar on a given night, you can hear people actually know who the players are on the team in a way that, you know, hasn't resonated necessarily in years past, except for maybe one or two you know, Matthew Kachuk is, like, really turning himself into a superstar in this market. And what's been so fun about it is, like, obviously, this has all been in, in conjunction with what the Heat have been doing. Um, and watching these two eight seeds make a run where the Panthers are very much hanging in the same conversation as the Miami Heat, a premier franchise in the NBA. You know, the Panthers have turned themselves into a premier franchise in the NHL. The best team in the regular season last year, making it to a Stanley Cup final now two key pieces in Barkov and Kachuk who are now, you know, going to lead this franchise into the future in their primes. And so it's really exciting, you know, to see this type of run from this team and to feel the energy, you know, the thing that excites me the most is if the Panthers are able to come home with a game five win, like it is going to be electric at FLA live arena. And to see the way that the fan base is supported, you know, like I have, I have some friends who, because I grew up in suburbia near, near FLA Live Arena, um, some friends whose families have had season tickets for, you know, 10, 15 years and have been around since, you know, some of the years where this franchise was struggling a lot, to now see them at these games and just soaking in, like, these are sellouts, this is one of the best atmospheres you can find. You know, these are people who are really passionate about their hockey. And, and the Panthers, in a, in a large way, have turned South Florida into an area that actually has grown to understand the game of hockey in a way that I don't think anybody ever thought that we would. Um, and there's still a long way to go. But this is such an incredible step in taking the Panthers from 
a franchise that people pay attention to only when XYZ big storyline is happening and now turning them into, like, this is a premier franchise in the NHL. This has a couple of premier players in the NHL. It's a place that everybody wants to be, and that's a huge part that we can get into if you'd like. But this is this is a special time to be a, a fan of the Florida Panthers. Yeah, and I think of even before the Matthew Kachuk trade, just a few years ago when they were playing against the Tampa Bay Lightning in 2021, um, where, where they lost in six games, and... Joe Thornton, even though he's he was 43 years old, 44 at the time when he was playing in Toronto, he was talking about how when when the Toronto Maple Leafs weren't playing their playoff series against the Montreal Canadiens, the one series he was paying attention to was that Florida Panthers versus Tampa Bay Lightning series. And yeah, yeah. signing a one-year deal last year with, with the Florida Panthers and even playing in that tail end of that Lightning series as well, it even shows that is just one example of veterans as well. We talk about the first trade that Bill Zito made with Patrick Hornquist as well. And it's just the building blocks of of, the, of this team go over and over again. And then Matthew Kachuk was the later piece, like not necessarily the icing on the cake because they haven't won the cup yet, but it, it's kind of like putting those things all together. But icing on the cake in terms of taking this from a destination that some people wanted to be into a legitimate top-level premier destination, right? Um, uh, you know, you could be in a position where, you know, you've got a team that's that's good, that's solid, that's winning regular season games, that, oh, it's a fun place to go to South Florida. But when you bring in one of the, you know, five best players in the NHL and you're able to now pitch people on playing with him and playing around someone like Alexander Barkov who just wants to make the players around him better – let alone now the fact that you can come down to a place that you know doesn't have horrible weather all year long and isn't in the middle of nowhere necessarily. You know these guys are going out on Las Olas on the weekends in Fort Lauderdale, and you know, most of them are living out there. Like this is a, it's a major selling point to be a Florida Panther right now. And what you've seen in the last number of years, like you just mentioned, guys like Joe Thornton, guys like Patrick Harnquist, that are now turning around and speaking to other players throughout the league about the positive experience that they've had down here. That's what turns you into a free agent destination. It's the combination of all of those things. New infrastructure that they're building in Fort Lauderdale right now with their practice arena. New, you know, making themselves the team of Fort Lauderdale. Bringing in a superstar like Matthew Kachuk. Building around him and Barkov. Having playoff success. Being in an area like South Florida. Like, I mean, this is, there are a countless number of reasons to believe that this franchise is only going to continue to ascend from here, whether they're able to come back and win the Stanley Cup this year or not. Yeah, and you, with uh, with ten million at their uh, disposal as of right now, because uh, haven't really spoken about this on the show because we've been so um, into the Stanley Cup final. But the the NHL did say how the cap is only going to go up one million next year, so around ten eleven million cap space still able to make free agent moves, maybe get a Dmitry Orloff in free agency, maybe uh, Tom Wilson is one year away from being a free agent, mm. so maybe the Panthers could try to trade for him. He's very similar to that jerk on the ice like Matthew Kachuk is, is, as well that maybe the Panthers could possibly go after uh, in, in the summer as well. So that's that's uh, that those are they Bill Zito definitely likes to get grinders on his team, that's for sure. But we're going to transition to segment number two. We're going to discuss uh, a public appearance by Spencer Knight over the weekend. And we have, there were some thoughts on the internet and Jeremy and I are going to give our thoughts here on the Locked On Florida Panthers podcast. But first, we're going to tell you all about eBay Motors. And for a championship team, 
getting all the right parts is very crucial. So the, this is the time to head to eBay Motors. And you can be sure every part fits right for the first time around. Just add your ride to my garage and look for the green check mark so you know the part will fit or your money back. Because like in sports, confidence is the name of the game when you shop at ebaymotors.com. With over 122 parts to choose from, you'll be back in the game in no time. After all, it's it's easy to it's easy to bring home a win when the right parts are guaranteed. Get the right parts, right fit, and the right prices on ebaymotors.com. Let's ride. eBay guaranteed fit, only available to U.S. customers. Eligible items only. Exclusions apply. Segment number two here on this Tuesday, June 13th edition of the Locked On Florida Panthers podcast. I have Jeremy Taché of Valley Sports Florida here on the show. And Jeremy, yesterday, just casually scrolling Twitter. And of course, we're, this is with the season winding down of what, regardless of what happens in game five, there's still a draft to be conducted regardless of the Panthers' lack of assets in, in, in the draft and, of course, a free agency period. And, of course, looking at your uh, goaltending situation as well. But there is a picture that uh, resur- that surfaced on the Internet of Spencer Knight uh, at the Belmont Stakes this weekend uh, with his uh, world junior teammate Trevor Zegris of the Anaheim Ducks. And there's a tweet sent out. I'm not going to say the name of the fan. I actually, when I posted it, I actually um, – crossed out the username because I'm not in the business of embarrassing people as well. Since then, the tweet has been deleted. So if people want to even search it, they can't find it unless they see a screenshot. But I'm going to I'm, I'm going to read what the tweet uh, sure. says. And uh, the quote says, quote, this is not in any way meant to diminish whatever Spencer Knight has been dealing with this year. But going to the Belmont Stakes with your buds while your team is in the cup final and you're still supposedly in the NHL assistance program, question mark, close quote. And listen, um, it's been a while since, of course, Spencer Knight has been with the team. It, uh, it's and of course, with we've seen a few players go to the players' assistant programs, like a Carey Price in the for the Montreal Canadiens, Jacob Verana uh, with the Detroit Red Wings prior to being traded to St. Louis. And this is, and I think ever since COVID nineteen, uh, I think really mental health has been more of an emphasis of course with more isolation which can be very damaging to to us if you if you're if you're not hanging around your buddies and even even getting even getting out of the house and regardless of of everything let's also remind ourselves if you're in the players assistance program you you can't be around the team until you're cleared so let's get that out of the way first right so my my thoughts of it was is he supposed to be in his house this whole time and just lock himself up in a room and not be around people? And I'm not going to blame Trevor Zegers for posting a picture. It's not, it's, it's his Instagram. It's not mine. So what, what, what do you, what, what is your take on the public appearance uh, for Spencer Knight? And of course of uh, your, your, what, what do you, what do you think of, of, of the possible, uh, of the pot of him get, get, having a sense of community with a few friends. Yeah, so I think the Spencer Knight conversation is obviously layered and complicated. Um, yes. When you're, when you're dealing with anybody entering a player assistance program, um, I don't know, and I haven't seen any level of, of reporting, and maybe I'm wrong here, on exactly why he entered the player's assistance program. I don't believe Correct. we have those details. 
Um, and so there's a whole bunch of different reasons that Spencer could be in that program. Um, and there's a whole bunch of different reasons why he could be at this point, you know, doing totally fine and just not cleared to go back to hockey at the moment, mind you, considering the Panthers are in the Stanley Cup. Maybe now's not the time to clear somebody and have them go back out to something like this after going through something like the Players Assistant Program. And so for me, you know, I was made, I was made really, really sad um, when I saw Spencer enter into the Players Assistance Program because whether it was, and again, not to be speculative, but whether it was dealing with some sort of issue with like drugs or dealing with mental health, um, because more likely than not, those are the two different things that, that would get you into one of these programs. Um, it made me profoundly sad, actually going based back to our conversation from Miami Miked Up right before the season. Um, and this is not this is not about a plug that that's not why I'm doing this. That is super self-serving and that's not what I meant. It's just simply out of, I think of the conversation that we had. This is a now 22 year old kid. Um, he was 21 at the time of this conversation. And when I asked him, what's brought you joy outside of work? It was, I got to spend the summer with my friends. Um, it was, him saying, you know, this has been quite the whirlwind the last couple of years. You know, I was a co I'm a college-aged kid <laughs> who has not gotten to be a college-aged kid. I had to be a professional over the last year and play in some of the biggest games of my life and be around all of these grown adult men who have been professionals for years who were helping me you know, learn how to be said professional, but it was nice to just be a kid for the summer and get to hang out with my friends and go to baseball games and, you know, sit around outside in the backyard. And I was so truthfully taken aback by not only what Spencer had to say, but the demeanor in which he said it. He's so cerebral. He's so calm and he is clearly an incredibly deep thinker um, because when I came back to him and said like, oh man, that, you know, that's gotta be interesting, you know, being rushed into you know, adulthood and this and that, we just continued that conversation for a few minutes because he seemed to be very much in the mindset of like, yeah, you know, this is a difficult thing to do and to, leave your family and your friends at a young age and just immediately be thrust into like these huge moments, it is a burden. It is something that's heavy. It is something that is as fun as it is, as much as it's a dream come true, there's a lot of pressure associated with that. And so he was grateful to have some time to kind of just goof off. And so now you look forward a few months and Spencer enters the player assistance program and I couldn't help but feel just like this just major, just like, gut punch of oh my god whatever this kid is going through it it it's so hurtful and it's so deep and it's it's so it's so hard to think that whatever was going on drove him either to drug use or a level of mental health strain that he felt the need to enter this program and so when i look at someone like that who my first concern, and I'm sure most Panthers fans' concern, was worry for the human being. 
I look at a moment like this and I see Spencer out with a friend at something like the Belmont Stakes, my first reaction was like, oh my God, amazing, awesome. Like, he's not a part of, of this Stanley Cup final run. He'll be back, you know? Mm-hmm. He'll be back when he's ready to be back. And I'm so glad that he's out with a friend, having a positive, good moment at something that seems like a lot of fun, you know? And I don't know what his journey has been over the last few months. I'm sure in a couple of months from now, we'll start to get some of the details of what Spencer Knight has gone through in the last few months. But to me, my initial reaction, based off of all the things I just told you, thinking of this cerebral, soft-spoken, kind, sweet child, 22-year-old, He's a kid. He's a college kid. To think of that guy and to watch him now after whatever the hell he's been through over the last few months, to come back and, and, and not be with the team, no, but to be out at an event having a good time, it made me smile. And to me, look, I understand. It's the Stanley Cup. Every competitive advantage you can get. It's not like Bob has been at his top, tip-top shape over the last few games. Um, he's been good. He kept. He gave him a chance to win in Game Four, but it's not like he's been as dominant as he was in the previous couple of series. And it's Panthers fans grasping at straws, like, "Come on, we need everything we can get." Let Let Spencer be a kid for a year, man. Let this guy get his stuff together, and and not just get his stuff together, but thrive. You mm-hmm. know, I never, I never want to see somebody who's hanging on by a thread just to be in the league because they're skilled enough to do it, you know? And, and this conversation spans across sports, man. Like, we can look at the John Morant situation, which he's done some, like, really horrible, reckless stuff, mm. right? But I also look there, and I'm like, that's a 23-year-old who was basically given the world overnight, and all of a sudden, in the last couple of years, has just grown into this level of, of superstardom that, of course, like, rock stars have reckless behavior all the time. Why wouldn't some young athlete who's been given you know, the world. And so that's not what Spencer Knight did. Spencer Knight has not been this, you know, reckless guy with guns and stuff like that, the way John Moran has. He's just checked into a player assistance program. But in that same vein of these are young people early on in their lives, man, I'm 28 and I don't know what the hell I'm doing. You know, (laughs) I'm five years ahead of these guys, six years ahead of these guys, and I don't know what I'm doing. So the idea that, that we have these major expectations for for people to be finished products at such a young age, um, to me is a shame. And I think that we should just be constantly supporting, you know, people like Spencer Knight. Yeah, and the fact that with the platform, you're under a little bit more of a microscope as, as well uh, in that type of situation. So things can get a little uh, nitpicky uh, for, for certain for certain people. And we, of course, we once again hope that Spencer Knight is getting the healing uh that that he deserves as he's trying to make his way back and thankfully when when the stanley cup final is over there'll still be two and a half months more of spencer knight getting that time off to to heal emotionally before and also the development curve that goes through your brain when a man's uh specifically a man's brain doesn't develop until really age 25 and he's still Mm. three years away from it and like going back to your comments about not knowing what you're doing a lot of us in life 
we don't know what we're doing. We're just winging it. So, right. so I, at least that's how I feel as an almost 30 year old well, man too. And think about it. I mean, like think about being Spencer, right? Who's, who's brought in essentially as like the savior at that position comes in and has immediate success and then goes through the rapid ups and downs of what being a professional athlete is. And he's done all of that by the time he's 21 years old. Yeah. I mean, that's, that's emotionally exhausting. And, no doubt. and to have the pressure of mil- thousands, if not hundreds of thousands, if not potentially millions of fans of your team, of your league, of, of millions of dollars that are riding on, the, on what you do and your performance. I mean, I can't imagine it. We're sitting around here doing this podcast and I've got butterflies going through my stomach, right? Like, and this is just a singular podcast that ultimately has, has no bearing on whether or not you and I ultimately get to succeed in the rest of our lives, this individual podcast. And yet, Every move Spencer Knight made in those playoff games was going to be major dictation over how millions of dollars exchanged hands all over the the world in betting on these sports. Like, there's so much pressure in being an athlete, and I think we just need to have the empathy for young people that, like, they deserve the chance to grow as human beings. No doubt. And uh, as, uh, as, we, as we like to say... Going to therapy is definitely cool. That's for sure. It so, is cool. It is, it cool. is cool. Going to therapy so, is cool. Highly hash- recommended for anybody. Hashtag end the stigma. So uh, let, yeah. let's park this conversation it. here, uh, and we're gonna we're gonna uh, transition over to segment number three, where ne- where now where we're gonna talk about a hockey game as the Florida Panthers are getting ready for Game Five of the Stanley Cup Final in Las Vegas. We're gonna discuss that next here on a Locked On Florida Panthers podcast. Segment number three here on this uh, Tuesday, June 13th edition of the Lockdown Florida Panthers podcast. And we're, now we're going to preview uh, game five of the Stanley Cup final between the Florida Panthers and the Vegas Golden Knights. So uh, I spoke about it with Alex Baumgartner of the Five Reasons Sports Network yesterday. The Panthers are going to head into game number 103 of the season tonight against the Vegas Golden Knights. And there's not much we could take out of practice going going into things because these guys have just we spoke about the purposes of it is just to keep your legs warm and just to keep 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 it going but maintenance days are a thing for for this team and the guy's not taking the ice matthew kachuk radico gudas nick cousins and that's illustrated but that's who hasn't played all series long for for the panthers here so i'm gonna assume that those guys are gonna play um, um, just taking, getting some treatment off, off the ice, the medical trainers. Um, so not even really a point to talk about really the practice lines, because, uh, I think that's going to change big time, uh, come game time. But Grigori Denisenko is with the team, uh, w- um, going into w- with the, with the team to Vegas. So chances are he could be in the lineup over Zach Dalpy on that fourth line. Uh, you could create a little bit of a, uh, spark there possibly, um, even though he's still a young player, um, he's going to be an RFA this year. And a little bit going back to Spencer Knight, they took care of their biggest RFA going into this year. And now the second biggest one, now the priority becomes Grigori Denisenko. So mm. that's a good thing that they took care of him last year. But I think of I think of the situation for the Florida Panthers and Vegas Golden Knights. The cup is going to be in the building. I mean, it has been in the building. It's just a chance <laughs> to be presented. Um, yeah. And I think of the hype that's going to happen. The pregame ceremonies in Vegas, which is elite when it comes to the whole NHL. And I could also see how the Panthers can just take that and just run with it as far as it's going to, it could be too much pressure for the home team to clinch at home. But of course, Vegas ha- has had chances to clinch all, all, 
all playoffs long with the with the with the exception of the Western Conference final where they lost two in a row and then they finally won it in six. But so many things need to go right, Jeremy. Uh, Bob needs to be Superman, just like how he was in game three, setting him up to win, even though he gave him a chance in game four. Uh, penalties, even though uh, even though they only took one in in game three, uh, they still haven't scored a power play goal 0 for 13. And here's another one. Bottom six contribution for for the forward lines because mm. there's still going to be a little bit of a juggle but you're going against a a bottom six unit that has chandler stevenson who scored two goals and and mark stone who's a great defensive forward for the vegas golden knights and uh as far as generating chances against against for the vegas golden knights the 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 unit that the line that has allowed the most chances generated has been that top line of uh, of of Eichel and uh, Ivan Barbashev on, on that line as well. So maybe a little bit of a chance with the line shakeups for the Panthers with Lundell going up there. Maybe there's a chance for uh, for as far as matchups, even though the Vegas Golden Knights do have the last change in game five. But I think that the Panthers are going to, in fact, stick with that Lundell going on that top line. Jameson Olive did have that as like the practice line. So uh, what, what do you what are your thoughts going into this game for the Panthers. You know, this is going to be quite the hurdle, obviously. Um, you know, you're 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 trying to take it one game at a time, one period at a time, one shift at a time, all of the sort of corny uh, phrasing that we'll hear from players and coaches throughout where it's all about just one moment at a time. Um, but this is a big thing to overcome. You know, you're down 3-1, and I, I think the thing that we've all noticed about Vegas is that they just don't make a lot of mistakes. This is a team that's just really good at everything. You know, there's teams that the Panthers have played that are better at individual parts of the game of hockey than the Knights are at pretty much anything. But the Knights have been sensational and and refuse to hurt themselves. Um, and so I think the thing that you can sort of hold your hat on if you're the Panthers is, I think most people would argue that Vegas has thoroughly outplayed Florida throughout the series. Obviously, they have a 3-1 lead. Yet, on the same token, even a game like last game, you're right in it until the very end, and you gave yourself a chance. Uh, you look at game three. Game three was another example. They were down, and in the final moments, they found their way to win. That's what this team has done all postseason long, is sort of just find a way to win their 7-0 and in overtime, which is just like a mind-blowing stat to think about, that in the postseason, you could go 7-0 and in overtime against so many great teams. Um, and so that, that's the sort of the thing that you start to look at, which is can Bob, you know, play at least as well as he did in game four to give your team a chance? And, you know, the biggest thing with the Panthers that's kind of tough is like, and they're very banged up. Like Matthew Kachuk is very clearly like not just hurt, he's injured. And there's a difference between being hurt and injured. That guy yeah. is injured. Like he's dealing with more than one ailment. And that changes so much, man. We're talking about one of the best players in all of hockey. You know, one of the most well-rounded players in all of hockey. And a guy who has been literally, outside of maybe Sergei Bobrovsky, the biggest reason why you're in this situation. So to have him down, to have him sort of battling through stuff, to have all, I mean, anybody at this point in the NHL season is battling through injuries. But... You know, it, it's clearly impacting those Florida Panthers in a way that, that at the moment Vegas has been able to overcome. And, 
you know, it, it's hard. It's hard to see a, a major adjustment that could be made that, that can change too much. But again, you look at these teams and you see, even as Vegas has outplayed Florida, Florida's found their way to stick around. And to me, I look at it and I say, all right, guys, they're going to be feeling themselves. That, Like you mentioned, there's going to be this entire pregame show festivity. Vegas is going to be rocking. They're looking at their first possible championship. You know, they're, they're looking at this as, as, as an opportunity to shine. And I do think that if the Panthers come out with a level of physicality and focus early in this game and can kind of throw the first punch, you know, you wonder if, and maybe I mean that both literally and proverbially throw the first punch, uh, but if they can do that early and, and take an early lead, you know, they haven't been playing with early leads very much at all. If they can take an early lead against the Golden Knights in this game five, well, then maybe the Golden Knights start to feel the pressure, start to feel the pressure of their home crowd, and you can get yourself back to Florida for a game six, and all of a sudden you start finding a path, right? Because FLA Live for a game six would just be electric. Like, I'm desperate for the Panthers to get it back here because it would be such an unbelievable atmosphere. And then if you get to a game seven, all the pressure shifts to Vegas and you're playing with house money and having a good time and probably playing some pretty good hockey. So, you know, you're looking at the same sort of formula there for, for the Panthers as the one as, I mean, transparently, I'll just say it and you can edit it out if we need to. But as we record this on Monday afternoon, we don't have the result yet in hand for the Heat. But it's the same sort of path of can you go on the road, take a game five and then shift all of the pressure onto the other team because now you're at home for game six you can ride that momentum and potentially get yourself into a situation where all right yeah we got to go on the road for game seven but all of the pressure is on the opponent yeah and uh and my screen sharing is having a little bit of a struggle here and i'm just looking at the the five on five uh goals uh for the florida panthers and the vegas golden knights at five on five the florida panthers in the slot have scored only one goal while mm. in the for the Vegas Golden Knights they scored one two three four five six seven eight oh. eight shots from the slot. At, I mean, at come five on. on five. So the middle like. of the ice is the very is it there? It, it's it's showing in the heat maps on Natural Stat Trek, and we're seeing it as and the eye test uh, really really shows for for the for this series uh, in it. So that's really what's gonna need to be need to be very important when it comes to when it comes to the Florida Panthers generating. And I mean. I mean, we've talked about I've talked about even how the Vegas Golden Knights, as far as their D pairs, about even even all three all three pairs have just been able to defend well against uh, 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 around uh, Aiden Hill. I mean, the the pair of Nicholas Haig and Zach Whitecloud they were they were a minus three in game three, but then they turn it around and become a plus three. I know a plus minus is the end, not the end all be all in that one, but. You, you, in in that aspect of it, like you you are, you up and down the lineup. It's just the depth of this of the of this team is just that's proven to be more. Yeah, and and the the goal differential as far as five on five as far as forward lines, the best goal differential is actually came in six minutes and thirty six seconds of time on ice when Lundell was put played on that bark off line and that and the whole series of 60 plus minutes of of of, of hockey times 60 plus ho- uh, minutes of hockey times for doing quick math 240 minutes uh, uh. and 
six minutes of that is your best goal differential at five on five with, with that line. So just goes to show. Well, clearly you got to make some adjustments. Clearly you got to make some adjustments and, and, and make it happen. Look, I'm not, uh, I'm not here. Um, as I've told you, as anybody who's listening to this, it's pretty clear. I am not exactly uh, the top hockey analyst in terms of the style of game, but I do know how to read some statistics. And I, I, uh, I know that when you're looking at a goal differential like that and you're looking at a team that desperately needs a spark, that's the type of tweak that, that maybe needs to get made. Yeah, and... It's crazy because Lundell and Barkoff during the regular season, they were not playing well together as well. And then you put right. this little sample size here in the Stanley Cup final. Uh, I don't know if it's too little too late for, for the Panthers, but, I mean, you, you see that little spark that you could go bring in with a little bit of confidence. But, of course, the number one thing is how is Matthew Kachuk going to perform as far yep. as that shoulder injury? And you, you, said, you said it best. He's in injured not hurt and and the big difference for uh the panthers there so you can only hope that he's able to lift the lift the puck um off off his stick of with without a a grimace or a very limited grimace uh, for for sure and that's what and that's what uh we hope that the the panthers can bring it back to south florida um for game six on friday night and of course uh but like you said we're recording this before the heat game so we hope that both teams find their way back to south florida (laughs) Heat on Thursday, hopefully, and the Panthers on Friday. <laughs> that, for, love for sure. it. But I would too. But Jeremy, I want to thank you so much for coming on to this episode of the Lockdown Florida Panthers podcast. Very appreciative of you coming on. Uh, tell everybody where they can find you online and your work. Armando, first of all, thank you for having me. Seriously, this was super, super fun, and I'll come back anytime. Um, you can find me, follow me on Twitter at Jeremy Taché. Uh, despite Twitter sort of going into a bit of a hellscape, uh, it's still the best place to find me and my work. Um, you should follow the Miami Miked Up podcast right now. Um, you know, when you guys are listening to this, this week we should have um, a Panthers guest on, potentially Steve Goldstein. Haven't booked that down with him yet, but potentially Steve Goldstein. Whether the Panthers win or not in Game 5, it'll either be a postmortem on the season or we will be able to preview a little bit of Game 6 hockey as it comes back to FLA Live Arena. Um, and yeah, I mean, that's that's pretty much it. Just you know, listen to Miami Mic'd Up. Follow me on Twitter. You'll find all the stuff from the Levitard Show, from Too Many Men, from anything else that we're doing. Um, and yeah, just pay attention to everything going on with these teams in South Florida. And if anybody listening to this is a Miami Marlins fan, I can promise you that the moment these two seasons end with the Miami Heat and the Florida Panthers, Miami Miked Up will turn into what I'd like to believe is your premier uh, Miami Marlins podcast. I know Peter Pratt does an amazing, amazing job with Locked On Marlins. I love him, and I will probably be on that podcast at some point in the next couple of months as well. But I would like to believe that we will do a really great job on Miami Miked Up. So if you are a Marlins fan, I'm really excited about what the rest of the season looks like with this team. They're having a lot of fun, and it should be another really great ride. So check it all out. Um, And Armando, thanks again, man. This is a blast. Thank you. And the Marlins are over 500. They're playing great ball, so that's a great thing. That's great news here. But, Jeremy, thank you so much, my friend, and I'll see you next time. Absolutely. And if you like what you're hearing, 
Please subscribe to the podcast to be notified every single time the Locked On Florida Panthers podcast jumps into your podcast feed. Don't forget to also subscribe to the other shows on the Locked On AHL Network, including Locked On AHL, Locked On Fantasy Hockey with Flip Livingstone and Steel Roden, and Locked On NHL Prospects. Thank you for making the Locked On Florida Panthers podcast your first listen of the day. And every dayers, make sure to come back for Wednesday's edition of the Locked On Florida Panthers podcast, where it'll be a post-game show of Game 5 with Jacob Winans on the Winans Wednesday edition of the show. So I'm Armando Velez with Jeremy Taché. And you've been listening to Lockdown Florida Panthers Podcast, part of the Lockdown Podcast Network, where it's your team every day. <laughs>